When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. What's up, Kings fans? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcast, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor, it's totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is for you, Kings fans, wherever you may be. All the frustration and disappointment of the past is gone. The 45-year drought is over. The Los Angeles Kings are indeed the kings of the National Hockey League. They are the 2012 Stanley Cup champions. Cleared away by the Kings, picked up by Martinez. Martinez to Clifford, feeds it right side to Foley with a shot. Save, rebound, score! Alec Martinez has won the Stanley Cup for the Los Angeles Kings. And royalty reigns again in the NHL. Hey, what's up, Kings fans, and welcome to the Hockey Royalty Podcast, the unofficial podcast of RinkRoyalty.com. I'm Scott Kimball, and I want to let you know before we get going that you can find us on social media. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Royalty underscore pod, and of course, at Rink Royalty. And we're also on Facebook and Instagram. It's all under Hockey Royalty Podcast. We have got a fantastic show lined up for you today. Uh, this is a real treat to have a, an actual L.A. King on with us today. But well, before we get going, I want to bring in my, my co-host for today, the guy riding shotgun. He is uh, he is the guy. that He is the man as far as rink royalty goes. If, uh, if hockey journalism was a war, this guy is General George Washington. I want to bring in Mr. Ryan Sykes. What's going on, pal? Hey, Scott. Doing awesome. Been excited for this podcast for a couple of weeks. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Um, before we uh, do bring in our guests, though, we uh, I, I just want to send out our sincerest condolences to the uh, the family of uh, Matis uh, Kovlinkins. Uh It was a tragedy what happened to the the young Columbus goaltender, and it's just yeah. just 
there's no, no, there's no other words to describe it. It's just terrible. And we just feel for him and send our condolences out to his family. It's kind of a, a freak accident really. And but... yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you know, I, I guess there's just, you never know, but I mean, it's just a terrible thing that happened. But anyways, so we now want to bring in our guest, our guest, you will know him as number 44 for your Los Angeles Kings. He uh, made his debut this season, and he had one heck of a debut for the team. I'm talking about the one, the only, Mr. Mikey Anderson. What's going on, Mikey? Hey, guys. How are we doing? Good, good. How you been? Good, good. Not a, not up to too much, but uh, uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate you coming on. So how's your offseason been going? So far, so good. Um, went back to Minnesota, just been, um, you know, working out, took a couple weeks off right when I got back, and uh kind of you know started june went back in the weight room kind of got back in the swing of things and uh just been working out and then trying to work on the golf game a little bit <laughs> how's, how's we that all? coming along <laughs> <laughs> mikey i have to ask like what is it with uh what is it with golf or uh, hockey players at golf you know i talked to josh Jones of the chicago steel and he was walking off the golf course when i, I called him <laughs> just the closest thing to to hockey yeah, I was going to say, I'm not really <laughs> sure. I mean, I guess we're all used to being in, in the cold rink and all. So um, when we get the chance to go sit on the golf course for a couple hours, it's uh, it's a good alternative than, than being in the rink all day. Yeah, absolutely. And just well, the burning question I have to ask you, I've been wanting to ask you for a long time. What are your, What's it like playing with Drew Doughty? Give us the inside. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's pretty crazy. Um it's funny when I when I come home and I talk to some of my buddies and um, you know they they all ask you know the same question but um, when when I look back you know three four you know five years ago um, you never think that something like that would ever happen um, but I mean he's he's the ultimate guy he's the ultimate player the ultimate pro that that guy does it all like uh, you know being a young guy coming in and, and getting the opportunity to play with him um, it, it's something you know not very many people get to do um but he uh you know he he's a guy that obviously everyone sees the way he plays but he you know i think it's more impressive behind the scenes what he does to to make the younger guys feel comfortable um how loose he can he can keep the locker room keep everyone um you know feeling good about themselves but at the same time can can lay the hammer when he needs to but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty surreal, and uh, you know this year was kind of a whirlwind going through that, and uh, it was such a good experience. Yeah, he's uh, he's certainly just evolved into a team leader. From you know, obviously he's he's thrown right into the fire at 18 years old coming into the league, and you know through the years, you know, of course we we, we know him for his chirps, which we absolutely love. And uh, so I got to ask about that. Does he uh, does he chirp everybody at practice too? Yeah, he, uh, he, he he gives it pretty good. Um, I still remember it was the my, my first year of pro, uh, right when I had gotten called up. You know, there I think the one the one practice I'm just standing there waiting for the drill to start, and I just felt one puck hit me in the back of the leg, another one, another one, and by like the third, fourth, fifth puck, I, I turn back around, and he's sitting there with an ear to ear grin, and just starts shooting at me. <laughs> yeah. um, and there was there was nothing more to it than that, but it was just just the little stuff like that every day or. Um, you know, the way someone walks into the rink, the, the clothes they're wearing or whatever. But uh, he, he seems to have a, a good sarcastic comment for whatever happens. Does that, kinda, does that kind of stuff, Mikey, you know, him uh, playfully shooting a puck at you, does that kind of uh, build your confidence to you know that he's kind of like taking you under his wing? 
Yeah, uh, for sure. I mean, that was, you know, one of the first, maybe just after the first week I, I was with the big team. So, um, you know, having a guy like that, you know, have a little fun with you, it, it makes you feel a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more like you belong. Um, and I mean, him as well as, you know, Kopi Brownie and, you know, Cards Quickie, all those guys, they, they all had that, uh, that act to, to be like that. And, you know, as the young guys this year, it, uh, they all did a great job making us feel, uh, like we belong right from the start. Oh, that's great. That, that really is. So take us through when you first found out you were going to be his partner on defense. Yeah, it was, it was weird. Cause it, it happened in the middle of a game. So it was after the first period, uh, we were coming back out on the ice and, and I was just going to the bench to, to start the period. And, and uh, Jans, the D coach was, was like, Mikey, go out and uh, start with Drew. Um, so it wasn't really anything more than that. And, um, you know, I didn't know if it was for a shift or what the deal was going to be. So, but uh, kind of as it went on, um, you know, it, it was nice not really having any time to think about it. So by that point, it was just go out there, you know, and try and do what I can do. Um, and then kind of after the game, it, it hit me a little bit more. Where it was like, oh, like that that actually happened. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it was it was pretty crazy. It's it's a pretty good uh, pretty good um, you know story and, and something to to look back on. I think, yeah. I think sometimes anticipation can be your own worst enemy, you know, just, just thinking about it. But uh, as you noted, just kind of getting thrown into the fire that may have been the best situation for yeah, you. It was, it was nice to not sit there and think about it at all. <laughs> just, uh, just go out there and just try and play. Yeah, but I mean, what a what a what a heck of a, an opportunity, though, just to be suddenly right on that first pairing defense with certainly a future Hall of Famer. That, that had to be just sometimes. I, let me guess. You had to pinch yourself sometimes, didn't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, <laughs> That was the, you know, even sitting by him in the locker room, um, you know, you come in there and see, see my name, see his name right next to it. And it's, it's like you said, it's pinching yourself. It's, it's, you're laughing because, um, you know, he's a guy that when I, I grew up playing NHL on, on video game stuff and, you know, fantasy hockey, he's obviously one of the guys you're taking in, in the top 10 of the draft. So um, it was, yeah, it's, it was, it was pretty crazy, but, uh, it was also very cool. I'm very, you know, just fortunate to be able to, uh, to have gone through that. Well, that's cool. And, you know, you, you just mentioned something that just kind of made me, made a question click in my mind here. When you were growing up, who were some of the, the players that you looked up to? Uh, that's a good one. Um, a lot of, uh, right away was all the Minnesota players just being from Minnesota. I know when I was real little, me and my brother both loved Marion Gabrick. Mm-hmm. Um, back when he was, you know, the, the big thing in Minnesota, that was awesome to watch. Uh, but then as I got older, um, I watched a lot of Ryan Suter just cause he was in Minnesota. I got to see more, more of him than the other guys. But, um, I mean, I've always just kind of watched or like watching just, you know, players in general, um, not necessarily, you know, model a day or, or my game completely after one of them, but. Um, throughout a game more you see a play happen you kind of look who it was and then you you go into the next uh you know play and figure it out but then i, I always laugh because it's always fun watching a guy like drew who can, who can put up big numbers or um you know all the guys that are a little bit more flashy but i always uh turn some heads when i said i loved watching ian cole back in the day um, sure. he was playing for i think pittsburgh when they were uh, going on the, all their uh, cup runs and I, I always say it a couple of times and people kind of turn their head sideways like, really, you, you, have you picked him? And I was like, well, I feel like I played similar to him. And I, I, you know, I, I, was at that, I was at that time when I appreciated, uh, you know, how he played the game and, and how much he meant to, to some of those teams that were very successful. But um, that, that was something I never really paid attention to until I got a little bit older and understood the game a bit more. 
Uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned getting older because you kind of threw me for a curveball a little bit with that answer because I got to tell you, I'm 47, and I forget I forget how young you are, and I'm like, he's not mentioning any North Stars. What's going on here? And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, never mind. I just did it myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, Mikey, the Kings made a, a move recently. Actually, a couple. They made a move today, but I'll ask you about uh, the one uh, last week. Um, they signed Victor Arvidsson. Just want to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, you know, obviously, I've I've only been here for a year now, so I, you know, with the way it all lined up this year too, I never had uh, the chance to play against him or, or see him much. But, um, you know, he's a terrific player. Just from you know, like I said, watching you know all the NHL games, kind of growing up, and uh, he's a you know established player. And um, you know, I think we're we're really excited to have him, and I'm, I'm sure all the fans are as well. But I think he'll be a good addition for us. <laughs> Oh, I certainly think so. I mean, it's it's going to be a, a great help, actually, all the way around, because the guy can do everything, really. Yeah. You know? So, uh, you know, you had another milestone this year. Uh, you had your NHL debut, or, or your brother, too, played against each other. So, uh, take us through that. Yeah, that, uh, that was, it was pretty crazy. Um, just being able to, you know, play an NHL game, um, let alone have it be against my brother, which is, you know – something we've done so many times, you know, whether it's been backyard hockey, literally NHL on, on Xbox or uh, knee hockey, but uh, it was, uh, it was for sure a pretty crazy moment. And, you know, we are very fortunate enough to, to have our, you know, mom, dad, and sister and, and family up in the stands watching it and, and being a part of it. But, um, you know, so much has gotten into it, especially, you know, given from our mom and dad and, and all they've done for us. But, uh, He's been there, you know, on the, you know, the whole ride with me, whether it's working out, shooting pucks, literally just any kind of hockey. But um, he's kind of been my, my right-hand man through it all. So having him there and uh, being able to play against him, uh, you know, it helps a little bit just having the one familiar face on the ice with me. But it was, uh, it was for sure something I'll never forget. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's had to be so special to just be, have your whole family there, too. But, you, you know, you mentioned backyard hockey and all that. And everybody who's played hockey has played backyard hockey during the summer, road hockey, street hockey, whatever you want to call it. And you always imagine yourself winning the Stanley Cup. Oh, so, yeah. obviously, you played with your brother. Now, I got to ask you, was there, were you winning the Stanley Cup against your brother or were you guys teammates? Well, I guess it kind of depended on the day for us. So, but. <laughs> uh, when we were younger, I think we had times when we would be out there um, and it would just be the two of us pretending to play against, you know, whatever team we wanted. But we it would be a two-on-o um, with no goalie or anything. So we, so we never lost. Um, <laughs> but then as it got as, – as time went along, it was kind of funny because we, we'd always try and play like a, you know, seven-game series on Xbox against each other. But uh, usually ended with, you know, maybe a broken remote or the two of us in a fist fight um, with with mom and dad getting mad at us. But um, after we went through that a a few too many times, uh, we had the idea like, hey, like, why don't we just play together and see how it goes? Um, So from then on, we've kind of just morphed into being teammates on Xbox where we'll try and, you know, go through it together. But, you know, with that, I feel like there's times it's still – it's still just as bad because he'll get mad at me for something dumb I do throughout the game and um, got, got to make sure he's not going to, you know, take a swing at me. But uh, yeah, it's, it definitely drove into, you know, our competitive nature growing up. And by the way, I misspoke. That was the end of last season. So that was, that's my bad. It, it kind of all blurs together. Scott. Yeah, this, well, 
Listen, when you get to be as old as me, these things happen. So just don't get old. Do yourself a favor. Will you? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that kind of that leads me to my next uh, thought question, whatever you want to call it. You know, six games of experience close out 2020 season. You play 54 games this year. Um, your 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 goal this year is kind of a went off the end boards and skirted past Anthony Stolarz, you know, and you were the only one in front of the, in the slot there. Just walk us through that moment. How, how big did your eyes get when you saw the puck coming right towards you? Yeah, I was, uh, it was kind of funny. I think I was kind of up in the rush and then turning back. I was just getting ready to skate back to the point. Uh, maybe even go for a line change if I remember one of the two, but I was, I was kind of coming out of the zone and, and saw a puck coming in. Um, and I was like, well, I'll just, you know, keep my eye on it see what happens and, and of course it takes the biggest hop off the boards and like you said, my eyes, <laughs> eyes couldn't have been wider eyes like oh crap like I'm, I'm the only one here um and then I was laughing once once it goes in on the back and I think I asked someone I go did I have a lot more time and I think they were like yeah you were there was no one anywhere near you but oh wow obviously when it, when it popped out I was kind of you know panicked like oh I just got to try and get this off quick um and luckily it went in so I was thankful thankful it dropped for me yeah. They were like, you could have ordered a pizza. Yeah. <laughs> it, was a, it was a backhanded shot, right, if I remember correctly? Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah um, it's just something I noticed too, Mikey, um, in the, maybe into to March and April, something that I picked up on, you started to shoot the puck a little bit more. You had a little bit more crooked numbers uh, in like the twos and threes and even some fours in, in the your game logs. Did that just kind of come with like the confidence of – playing more games or was that something that the coaching staff and yourself wanted to, uh, I guess, strive for? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, coming into the year, I, like you said, I, I had only had six games, so I was still kind of trying to find, you know, my shoes within the team and, um, you know, where I was going to fit in. And then um, obviously we talked about getting, getting to play with Drew and kind of go through that where I think, you know, a lot of the start was me kind of figuring out, what I needed to do to, you know, help him do what he can do. Um, you know, obviously he's, he's done it all. So um, I wanted, I, you know, I was trying to, you know, kind of find my shoes still, but at the same time do what I can to help him. So I think as the year went on, um, I was getting more comfortable with him, but also kind of getting more comfortable with my own game and what I could do. Um, and I knew kind of, you know, that whole time I had more offense to give and, and, you know, always still feel like I, I can add more of that in my game, but, um, as the year went on, I started to feel, uh, you know, a bit more comfortable trying to find, you know, different offensive, you know, timing and, and holes where I can can jump in and try and help out a little bit more. Well, it has certainly shown your play, man. You were just fantastic this year. It's, Absolutely. I mean, really. I mean, it was uh, just great to watch you grow right from, you know, right from the get go, too. So uh, I, I do have to ask you something before we get too much further into uh, future and all that. When you first came into Los Angeles, who was, I mean, you've mentioned Drew, but were there any other players that really took you under their wing? Yeah, I, um, when I came, I, for, uh, was it when I signed? It might have been when I signed right away. Um, I had come out a couple other times just in the summer, uh, kind of before that first year to, to work out and, and train, um, just to, you know, see everything and be a part of it for a little bit. But um, when I was here, I, um, Marty was still here, obviously. So I was, uh, at least throughout the summer when I had come um, working out with him, um, you know, he took me out. We got, you know, lunch or, or breakfast every couple of days. Um, but uh, I remember talking to, to our strength coach, uh, Matt Price, and he was talking about, um, 
just how he he was the ultimate pro too, and he's a guy to to kind of watch, see the way he acts, see what he does around the ring, um, you know how he treats his body, and uh, you know he couldn't be more spot on. And I know he's, you know, done a lot. He was a big part of you know all those cup teams, but uh, he was a he was a great guy to kind of learn from, even though it's for you know a short period of time. But um, you know he he's a guy you can try and model a game after, and you know you watch him this year in the playoffs, and he was fantastic for Vegas. So. Um, you know, he's another guy, you know, very lucky and, and fortunate enough that I was able to work with for a little bit. Yeah, he played through with a broken foot, too. Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> yeah, that's what a that's warrior. A guy right there, yeah. Um, you know, Mikey, I just uh, kind of to wrap with Drew, um, you know, when you hear him talking his, his exit interview, he doesn't want the Kings to bring in anyone else. He likes playing with you. You know, what? What? Uh, kind of walk us through, you know, what that feels like to hear him say that. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's, it's pretty special, obviously. Um, I'm like, like we've, we've already said a few times, I'm, I'm so young still. And, um, you know, it's still kind of trying to figure out the the whole NHL thing, um, you know, the whole league and, and the way the life, you know, lifestyle works. But when you have a guy like that, um, you know, have some, some nice words to say and, um, you know, pump your tires if you want to say so a little bit, it, it makes you feel good. But, um, it's just, you know, it's nice having, you know, it, it helps, you know, me feel more comfortable and confident with what I do um, and that I'm, you know, doing the right things to help him out. I know we, we, like he said too, you know, we communicate a lot throughout, you know, games, practices on the ice, off the ice, but um, you know, it, it's nice to, to always get some good feedback, especially from him where, uh, you know, he, he notices what I can do and then what I've been doing to try and help him. So um, yeah, it's, it's pretty special and it's been kind of surreal to hear those things. Yeah, and then just kind of sticking with your uh, exit interview, something that really just kind of hit home with me. You know, uh, we often forget, you know, watching you guys play, you're not around your families and stuff. I know you said you saw your family through the glass in Las Vegas, and then you got to see them for a little bit in Minnesota, and you said the first thing you do when you get home, you're going to hug your mom. Just kind kind of wrap that whole thing up for us, you know. You get home, what was that moment like for you? Yeah, it's uh, – it's such a long time, you know, and a lot happened throughout the year um, where you go that long without seeing, you know, your family, you know, the people that, you know, mean the most to you. It, it obviously is very tough. Um, and I know a lot of the guys kind of throughout the league were dealing with it too, where, um, you know, obviously with the whole scenario, you know, the league was doing their job to try and keep us players safe. But, um, you know, on the, on the personal level, it, it was hard for a lot of us. So, um, you know, we got through it, which, which is good. Um, but like you said, coming home and, uh, seeing my mom, dad, and my sister, and, you know, some of my family and friends, you know, outside of them that I hadn't seen, it was uh, pretty, pretty special again, and, and pretty fun, um, exciting. Now, like I said, a lot had happened throughout the year. So um, it was nice, you know, coming home, having a nice big, you know, family dinner with all of them, and just kind of getting to enjoy uh, being around them again. Oh, yeah, that had to have been fantastic. And I and I bet you can't wait to be playing in front of uh, full arenas next season. So, um... Oh, yeah, we yeah, <laughs> can't come soon enough. I think everyone's everyone's sick of the empty building. You know, it's it's not, you know, it's no fun. We love having fans there. Oh, absolutely. Even the fake the fake fan noise, uh, <laughs> it, it helps. It helps, but it, uh, so there, there are times throughout the game you hear it and you kind of look at someone else on the bench and you kind of start laughing, like, what, what are they trying to do? But, right. Right. Um, like, like, like again, they're they're trying their best to, to make it feel normal, but uh, I think right. until, until all the seats are filled, it, it still won't feel normal. No, and they're probably setting you know the fake cardboards up in the tunnel so you guys can high five them on the way out. Too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> so speaking of next season, is there any goals in particular you have for the season? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I you know, defensively, I, I liked, you know, what I what I personally had done this year. Um, I thought me and Drew worked really well together, um, you know, in our own end and then breaking pucks out and defending well. Um, but I think as, you know, as time continues to grow, I, I think I have more offense I can provide for the team, at least help out a little bit more, try and keep some more plays alive, maybe generate a few more chances. But, um, you know, the way I play the game and kind of all that, it all kind of stems from the D zone and, and you know, being a good shutdown guy. But, um, yeah, I think I think there's more to give on the offensive front. But at the same time, I got to, you know, the, still the main focus for me is, is being able to try and shut down some of the other guys uh, or the other team's top players. Absolutely. Absolutely. I tell you, that is not an easy task at all. <laughs> no, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely definitely tougher. That's, that was uh, I forget who else I was talking to. Um, someone when I got home, but they were asking what it was like, and it's you know when you finally you know play against some of those guys, and then you see a guy like Drew who who can average what is it twenty six something minutes a game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but then you look and you see who he's playing against, and you know you kind of get wired like the fact that those guys can do it for you know ten plus years of twenty five minutes a yeah. game. Yeah. Those guys, that's doesn't really hit you until you have to try and do it. And it's, it's pretty tough, but uh, you know, it's a big kudos to guys like him and uh, others around the league that are able to do it. Oh, yeah, no Mike. doubt. You're thinking yourself like hockey cyborgs, you know I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah Mikey, I'm not, I don't, I don't know if you know this, but you average the most among rookie defensemen time on ice. Yeah, I, I did see that. I, <laughs> I, I, it was me and uh, Keandre Miller. I know him yep. a little bit from uh, when we played together in world juniors and another Minnesota guy, but uh yeah, it was. I saw that was that was a pretty cool stat to see. I got to ask you. You know, you saw we saw a bunch of different uh, sweaters, jerseys, uniform combinations this year. If you had to pick one to go forward with to to um, put into the rotation, reverse retros or the Gretzky Heritage sweaters? Oh, those are both fantastic. Uh, <laughs> first, personally, I'm a big fan of the of the purple ones. Um, even back in like I'll, I'll reference playing Xbox again, but I always loved when they had the the old purple and uh, yellow jerseys with uh, the crown on it. I'd always go back and wear those if I ever was LA. But I, <laughs> I think the purple and, and gold you can't really beat any of that. I think that's just uh, just the classic look. But I, those were by far my favorites this year. Well, did we get any insider info of what they're going to do next year? Are they bring it back to Burger King jersey or? <laughs> <laughs> I've got I've got no idea. That's that's out of my it's out of my wheelhouse right there. <laughs> so you know I got I just got one way off the wall question here for you. It's really nothing to do with hockey, but uh, I actually have a son that's about your age, and he is completely addicted to his Xbox. And I know you had mentioned Xbox before, so tell us what are some of your favorite games. Um, I'm trying to think now. I ever since being home, I haven't played a whole lot. I've uh, been pretty busy. Um, trying to spend as much time like i said earlier on the golf course as possible but yeah. um growing up me and my brother well we always share the same you know playstation or xbox and we usually only got a couple hours a day because uh mom and dad made sure we were getting you know a lot of time outside and, and weren't stuck on the on the tv but we uh we always loved nhl which is always just the classic one it's easy it's fun um Last year, um, kind of going on the road, I got into the PGA game, the golf game a lot. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was fun because we were able to play with each other, um, especially on the road, and we didn't have much else to do. But 
Um, not a huge gun game guy. I've never really gotten into Call of Duty. I know that's a, a big one with a lot of guys, but I I tried playing it once and I was horrible, got yelled at by everyone I played with, and I never, and I never turned the game back on. <laughs> Sounds familiar for me too, but don't worry about it. <laughs> so I don't I don't think I'm gonna I'm gonna jump back on that anytime soon unless I those, get nagged hard enough. But those thirteen year olds on the other end can be brutal, Mikey. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, wish, I I wish I could say I was anywhere near as good as that, but yeah, the younger the younger kids, uh, they, they take it to me pretty good. <laughs> That's great. Well, since you're spending a lot of time on the golf course, then you got to tell us, are you better off the tee, chipping, or putting? Uh, it depends on the day, if, I, if I'm <laughs> being honest. I mean, once once I figure one thing out, something else seems to go wrong. But um, I was going to say the past has always been my driver that was the problem. But now, finally, my driver seemed, you know, it has been a little bit better. But uh like I said, it's, it's, it, you know, figure one thing out, something else goes around. It's, it's, you know, the, the constant battle with that game, but uh, obviously it's, you know, one of the reasons why you love it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I know you're, I feel your pain. Every time I think I'm going to correct my slice, I'm just going to play my slice. And then it actually goes straight. It goes straight. Goes straight. Going yep. for a window or something. Oh, so I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't tell you <laughs> the amount of times it's happened to me. I'll aim, aim left so it goes right, and then it doesn't go right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Mikey, we just want to thank you for coming on. This has been fantastic, and we, uh, we don't want to take up too much more of your time. So uh, get on out there and enjoy that golf course while you can. And, um, you know, best of luck next season. We know you're going to be fantastic. And uh, just keep doing what you're doing, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah Mike. Mikey, when uh, when are you heading back to LA? I'm, um, you know, not entirely sure yet. Um, try and get back maybe a month or so before before the year. Um, my cousin's got a wedding later on in the summer, so I wanted to make sure I'm I'm home for that and probably head back sometime after that. But uh, be back and and kind of get back in the swing of things. I can't wait to to get back in LA with the fellas. Yeah, can't wait to see. You. Congratulations on a, a first full season in the NHL. I can't wait to see your second full season. Absolutely. Yeah, awesome. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Mike. You appreciate it. That was Mikey Anderson of your L.A. Kings. What a great guy. That was a fun interview. Right that was. There. That was it, great. It, it really was. I, I tell you, I would love I would love to get a round of golf in with him. Yeah. <laughs> that, would be, that would be so much fun. We could compare slices. It'd be awesome. <laughs> I think I'd rather stand in a batting cage and just have him, like, shoot pucks at me all day. I'm not – I just – my golf game is horrific. So you'd rather get hit by a puck than drive, take a drive off a tee? Yeah, there's only 364 more days until next year's <laughs> hockey tryouts. Oh, it's happy Sykes. I love it. I yeah, love it. There you go. Oh, man. And that was Mikey Anderson, the best for your L.A. King. What a great guy. That was a lot of fun. You know, That, I, that was I, fun. As somebody, you know, who likes to hit the golf course every once in a while, it's heartening for me to know that even a professional athlete sometimes has problems with their slice. Absolutely. You know, I just, uh, he, he nailed it on the head. You try to try to account for your splice and it's still good. And then it ends up going straight. <laughs> exactly. So, Hey, we got something in common. I love it. <laughs> so, uh, now that we're, um, back rolling here, we got, uh, somebody has returned to us. He has come off LTIR. You missed the first <laughs> part of the episode, uh, but he's back again. It's, uh, Mr. Russell Morgan. What's going on, pal. Hey, we're still cap compliant, right? Just, just uh, I don't know. I just, I just Everyone, sure. it's Nikita Kucherov to the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about that press conference, eh? Oh, oh yeah. Man. I, and, uh, I just saw a report that he played the entire uh, Stanley Cup final with a fractured rib, I think. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, 
I say it happens in the finals or the, the playoffs, you know. Yeah, it's like Alec Martinez, you know, just like yeah, really. with, with Nike. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Playing with a broken foot. So, uh, you know what, though? I'll be perfectly honest with you. I'm actually glad the final is over because now we can get into the real season for us. I know. Oh, yeah. And we've got the, the <clears throat> not that the, we already saw that the Kings aren't going to do anything, but the buyout window um, starts tomorrow. Uh, I know Frank Saravalli uh, mentioned. Olimata is a potential candidate, but the Kings will only save like $2.7 million doing so, and they don't really need to right now. I see him more as a, a better fit for maybe the seventh defenseman or what have you. So, Yeah. yeah you know, I, was kind of, I was kind of beating that drum a little bit, but um, kind of backing up Frank there. But uh, I, I did see maybe a case to maybe make open up a spot on the roster if they wanted to bring up a younger player. But, I mean, yeah, bringing back Oli, is, is, it's not the – I mean, yeah, like you said, Ryan – Perfectly good seventh defenseman. It's not like we paid much to get him, so and he's still viable. Still can still can produce. Still right. viable, and I mean you can finally cut ties with uh, Curtis McDermott. <laughs> as much as <laughs> I, our, I, I, well, I like the guy, one. but it's just, it's just time. Yeah, well, I mean, hey, they're going to try to move, make him a forward, right? Yeah, we'll uh, see how that, that goes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, actually, no. with with Mata, I wouldn't mind if he did end up in Ontario, and it was kind of a. You know, that, that depth piece that in the event they get hit with a rash of injuries again, if they want to bring up somebody like Dursey, give him some time at the NHL level, right? Let Mata work on his game a little bit down the AHL, get his playing time in, and then if they need him, bring him back up. I mean, you know, it's the cap hit's going to be kind of negligible, really. I think it's mm-hmm. I think it's actually they only save like a over just over a million, I think, by burying it. But even still, yes, you know, you're right. it, it never yeah. hurts to have, have depth defensemen, that's for sure. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. But on the Sean Dersey will be he'll be twenty three in October, and uh, yeah. was he part of? Remind me again, was he part of the Muzzin deal? Yes, he was. Yeah, yeah he was. Right. And you know what? Maybe it's time to see what he can do. Yeah, you know why not? I mean, granted, it's going to be it's going to be tough for him to crack that right side with it. You know, having a Dowdy and Roy and Walker. I know, but and, uh, Dougie Hamilton. Sorry, go that's ahead. right. Exactly. <laughs> now you're speaking my language, Ryan. All right. <laughs> we'll save that for another conversation. But anyways. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you never know. You get hit with a rash of injuries, maybe there's something there. So Yeah, and, I mean, you almost maybe had a decent chance of coming up last year, especially when they lost Walker and Roy in the same game in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah. I'm actually surprised they didn't give him a couple games look. At that uh, point, really, what, what, they, what do you got to lose? They moved Clegg over to the right, correct? I think they had McDerm- McDermott and him on the on the same pairing because they played together in the AHL. Right, right. And, you know, that's another thing. I You know, I, I know I had that piece out about Dougie Hamilton. I'm not going to beat that drum to death. But I understand that the Kings have right defensemen coming in the system. Yeah. You got your Helge Grange. You got Brock Faber, right? Jordan, Jordan Spence. Spence. Mm-hmm. My question is this, and maybe this sounds a little bit ridiculous, but these guys are young enough. Do you think maybe one of them could slide over to the left? Maybe learn how to play the left side a little bit so that in the event when they're ready in three or four years, maybe you got a shot to fill in some holes. I don't know. Just a thought. But there and again, I'm not the general manager uh, of the king. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, typically you like to keep them on their stick side. Their natural side. I know, I know uh, Walker can play both sides, though. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I mean, there are defenses that can do it. So, just a thought. Oh, well. Because you know what, guys? We've got bigger news to talk about. And there was a trade 
involving our LA Kings. That's right. The trade winds are blowing through the city of angels. Uh, our Kings have acquired Victor Arvidsson from the Nashville Predators for this year's second round draft pick and next year's third round draft pick, both of which are the Kings picks and not acquired picks. So your thoughts on this, please, Ryan. I loved it. Kings needed uh, top six forward uh, scoring. Arvidsson went healthy, and that's kind of the operative word here, but by all by all accounts in his his media session uh, yesterday, um, it seems good to go. So he should help out the top six forwards. I'd like to see him add one more and just really kind of solidify the top six and maybe let the kids fill out, fill out the top, or excuse me, fill out the bottom six forwards. Yeah, not a bad idea. How about you, Russ? Yeah, it was kind of uh, just kind of came out of nowhere. And a lot of people asked me that trades were even able to go down while the playoffs were going on. So, um, but yeah, like we we'd kind of expected uh, the Kings to add up to the forward front and bring in Arvidsson. Uh, that's a player uh, from the Predators. That's he's he's been a scorer. I mean, he's putting up he's put up goals, and that's of course what the Kings need. And I'm look I'm trying to find his uh, relative uh, expected goals for. I know I shared the the total the other day. But yeah, when he's on the ice, he scores six point. They score six point five percent, or they have six point five percent more expected Ooh. goals when he's on the ice at five on five. So, yeah, he's one of the better for, uh, forwards for Predators, and and the, I guess the biggest issue that everyone's talked about is his health. So if he can stay healthy, you're looking at a solid add to the wing on the top six, and I think I'm probably slotting him in at the second line. Uh, I, I know some people want to maybe slide Brown down. I, I mean, I, I don't want to break up that chemistry that Kopitar and Brown have. So. If you can right. slide Arvidsson on that second line with uh, Velarde, which if Velarde comes back on that second pairing or that second line, give uh, give Arvidsson on the right side and maybe put I follow back on the left side with Velarde. That's it's a pretty solid second line. So I like it. Absolutely, it is absolutely. And you know what? This possibly being Brownie's last year in a Kings uniform. You know, do you really want to break up the uh, the Hall and Oats, so to speak, of of LA? You know, I don't, but. That's not up for me to decide. But, however, there is a little caveat with acquiring Victor Arvidsson. It appears that his buddy, Phil Forsberg, is not very happy that he's gone. So, uh, I don't want to start rumors <laughs> or anything like that. But, uh, I think Phil Forsberg hits uh, unrestricted free agency next year, does he not? Yeah, he's got one year left. I wouldn't mind it as long as he's, he signs a long-term deal. Yeah, yeah we don't want another exactly. Lucic deal. Yeah. <laughs> don't what do you mean that. you don't want another Lucic deal? Come on. That was <laughs> yeah, so I much mean, fun. <laughs> yeah, Forsberg, Forsberg's going to be a hot topic. I don't know what what the Predators are going to do. It, it seems like they're kind of heading to that dreaded R word, the rebuild. So um, Forsberg's, <laughs> like you said, one year left on his deal. I, I believe it's 7.5 million off the top of my head. I'm not sure if I'm correct there. But, yeah, left a solid left wing. And uh, what was it? I, I shared in 2018 that Kempe uh, – Played with both of them during the yeah, World Championships, and in, in, um, I forget where it was, but yeah, 2018, they were on the all on the same line together. So, who knows? I know Kempi was playing the center there, but he's got six million left for us. Six million, yeah, there you go. But um, I don't know. I don't like like I mentioned, one year left on his deal. I think he goes to more of a contender um, that's looking more like to win now. So, but that's another name to watch coming out of Nashville. Well, then, you know what? Maybe they've everybody's just got to show Victor Arvidsson the time of his life in L.A. so he can convince his buddy <laughs> Philip Forsberg to come west. What do you think? <laughs> exactly. Nice he, has, nice he has three years left on his deal, though, guys. I mean, but it'll be interesting to see where the Kings are at at the end of his three years. 
Yeah. Yeah, and that's well, kind of what I was hoping for is that they trade for people more with for players with term and, and like I mentioned the Lucci's deal and I, I'll keep going back to that because you know, you'd you'd trade away Colin Miller and Martin Jones who at the time was a really solid goaltender and you kind of lo- get Lucci's for just for one year and then he leaves and you can't really have that happening especially for a team that's still trying to build up into contention so you want to have a player that's going to come that's going to stick for a couple of years so. And that's what Arvidsson has, like you mentioned, Ryan, with three years left on his deal. And don't forget that first-round pick, which we could have used to draft Barzal, Connor. I don't want to get into it. It's going to make <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, you know, you bring up an interesting point, Russ, about trading for uh, for players, top six players that have term now. But how much term are we talking about? Because there's a glut of youngsters that are coming, and they're going to need spots. And you really don't project all these high, highly talented prospects to be bottom six players. So they got to fit in somewhere. So are we talking about maybe a four or five year deal? Is that kind of what you're ballparking here? Well, I'm, I'm, I mean, I don't want to say four or five years left. I mean, but I can, I'll, I'll just keep beating that Jack Heichel drum, but if they're going to, if they're going to bring in, a Let really, in buddy. like, a, yeah, if they're going <laughs> to bring in some more elite, like elite talent, you're gonna to have to give away um, some prospects, and I thought that's what Blake would would have to do. But I mean, luckily he didn't have to give up any really to get Harvidsson, and that's what what I yeah. mentioned that he did really well here, only giving up uh, two draft picks, a second and a third. And that's that's pretty good deal to get Harvidsson. So um, there's still a ton of prospects that are ready and I mean, just waiting in the wings. I I tried to do some uh, like early roster predictions. After the trade, I'm like, took me like half an hour just because I'm like, okay, well, what about Turcotte? What about Kupari? <laughs> right. What about? Yeah, Thomas? I'm sure you like, forgot some people too, Russ. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I mean, it's like where, and then, and then you brought in Vladimir Kachev from Russia for on a one year deal. So, yeah, that's why I mean, all this points to something bigger is coming. Something bigger yeah, it's is got coming, to. and we're it, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Yeah, because you can't let these kids sit in Ontario for the next two years, right? One more year max. I mean, you know, eventually enough's going to be enough. You're not going to have anything, any more development by playing them in, a, in the AHL when they need to be at the NHL level to start, you know, cutting their teeth, so to speak. But we'll see what happens. We'll see. I'm sure Robin Blake, or Rob Blake and uh, Luke Robitaille have got the plan, and it will be put in mm-hmm. motion before our very eyes very <laughs> soon, hopefully. So on another note, speaking of Kings forwards, I uh, put a poll out on my Twitter the other day about Andreas Athanasiu. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'll tell you, just the gist of it was, a month ago, I would have said he's coming back for sure. No doubt about it. But, you know, with the, the moves that are being made lately and some of the rumors we're hearing around, I'm not so sure if he is. So I put out a poll asking, do you, as Kings fans, think that he will be back? And it was interesting that 65% of the people that responded said no. So, Russ, what do you think? Is, uh, is AA coming back or what? Yeah, I think I think if the Kings were contending for a Stanley Cup next year, I would say yeah, bring him back on a one-year, two-year deal, and because he could be a, a really good third third line, maybe even fourth line option on a really good team. But like we talked about, there's prospects that are ready to take those spots, and bringing in Athanasiu, who really just kind of seemed like to me kind of like a filler last year, just kind of a way to inject some scoring, maybe bring some excitement. He's He's a fast skater. He can fly up and down the the ice. That's kind of what he was brought in for. Um, I just don't see him coming back with now we saw Arvidsson come in. 
and like I mentioned, Kachev, who I'm really high on. Um, there just doesn't seem like there's enough room for him. Yeah, dude, you are going to be the president of the Tachev fan club. I'm going to tell you that right now. I, I, I'm, I'm beating. I'll, I'll keep beating that drum. I'm, I'm telling you. I think Russ, I is, speak, Russ I, is the only one that knows how to say his name. I know. <laughs> so he's got to be the president. I probably speak Russian at this point by how many yeah. Russian articles I've probably tried to Google translate in the last couple of weeks. But, I mean, I just love watching him play. And from, from everything I hear, he's got a little bite to his game. And, unfortunately, there's, like, some restrictions as far as watching, like, full game replays in the KHL, which sucks. Hmm. But, I mean, just from the highlights I see, the way he skates on his edges, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it, but there's, like, some Kirill Kaprasov to his game. I mean, it's it's fun to watch, and uh, I think from what I r- was reading in whatever Russian website I, I happened to find um, that there was a little bit of a conflict with him and the coaching staff. So if you okay. notice, like he didn't really play a full season, and that's because I guess that there was a, there was a conflict there. Um, so I, I forget. I think the general manager or the coach's name was Gorgiev or something along those lines. But I was reading that he had been sat. Uh, that's like a healthy scratch for a couple games up there. But, I mean, I'm, I've mentioned this on here. The KHL has one of the best puck tracking and player tracking systems in the world, and that was implemented just two years ago. And he's constantly up there in the top, among the top players in terms of puck possession, and that's what the Kings need. I mean, if they can get a player who can possess a puck and get it and get some good zone entries, then uh, I think it bodes well for his, his um, results in the NHL. Uh, El Presidente pumping up the expectation for the poor guy, comparing him to Kaprizov. Way to go. <laughs> Ryan, what's your thoughts on that? <laughs> uh, yeah, I was kind of in the same boat with you, Scott. I thought he was for sure coming back because of his speed. But, you know, I'm looking at his game logs here, and he really tailed off. I've said this before, but he tailed off towards the end of the year, as did the rest of the team. But, you know, he went uh, like 10 or so, 10-plus games without a goal to finish the season. Um I think they'll circle back on him, but I think they might prioritize, um, you know, a Forsberg, a Connor Garland, a Sam Reinhardt, one of those guys first, and then mm-hmm. do their due diligence on them. And then if maybe the asking price or something is too high, they might circle back on Athens U. That's yeah. my that's where I stand. You know who he always reminded me of? Michael Grabner. He I always reminded that. me of Michael yeah. Grabner. It, it just is it's uncanny to me. But, uh, you know, speaking of rumors and high-profile forwards and all that, uh, word out of St. Louis is that Vladimir Tarasenko wants out. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, You know, it's funny because, I mean, that's actually been going around for a couple weeks as a possibility. And I'll be honest with you, I kind of just blew it off as, oh, yeah, right, sure. he's Yeah, because there was Mm -hmm. never really any indication. And now there was a report out of The Athletic that says, yeah, it's true. Um, So... Apparently, he wants to go to a contender, but the Kings could also be a possibility. What do you guys think about that? Um, well, that athletic article said that, you know, he might have to be open-minded because some of the, a lot of those contenders are up against cap issues. You mentioned teams like uh, Islanders, uh, Tampa, which we all know they have their cap issues, Penguins. <laughs> um, you know, the, the list kind of goes on, but that's usually what happens with contenders, right? They... Uh, you don't really see a contender with $20 million <laughs> in cap space available because they're going to use it. Um, but point being, you know, if the guy hasn't played, 
I, I forget what, how many games he's played in the last two years. I had it this morning, but I, I lost it in the conglomerate that's in my, in my brain. Um, but, you know, he hasn't played in, like, really two seasons. So he's a 29-year-old, 27-year-old-ish player, you know, if you want to. 29. Yeah, I know, 29 to 27 oh. if you take off his uh, skating years. Ah, um, okay. But, you know, I think Kings would have to do their due diligence on his shoulder to make sure that's 100% because he's had, what, three surgeries? Yeah. So – uh yeah. roundabout answer yeah kick the tires on him yeah i mean i i don't know it's i at first i was kind of like uh tarasenko like like you mentioned the all the injury history he's 29 he's got one year left on his deal um but the, i mean the more i think about it i mean if you can bring in bring him in and it, from what i from what i understand it's a mutual agreement so i think the blues are trying to help him out as far as sending him to a i'm sure they're going to send him to a team that he wants to go to so I'm sure there's going to be some permission being given by his his uh, his staff and all that. Um, so I mean, maybe who knows? Maybe he does want to come to LA. It, it, if he's healthy and you slot him in with Kopitar, I mean, Kopitar and Tarasenko together, that just sounds nasty. I, mean, I know you you talk yeah, about Kopitar setting up a scorer like Tarasenko. Oh man, I'm, I'm, I'd definitely sign up for that. And then you can then you can move Brown down to like the third line, play him with a, like a Quentin Byfield. Who's going to be right. a young player? Then you you have a, a veteran forward with Brown. Bring Brown back for maybe two more years or so, and then. But I mean, the biggest deal is if if we trade for him or if the Kings trade for him, you got to make sure that there's some term and make sure that there's going to be a contract extension yeah, tied I to was that as well. Just going to say that Russ, he's got two years left, and that's the seven point million you were alluding to. But his actual base salary is like in the nines mm-hmm. um, this coming season. But yeah, I mean, if you trade for him, he's got two years left. Let's see, the Kings just aren't ready when he's done, and you gave up, you know, a couple of top prospects and a highly and a high pick for him. I'm not sure that's the best move that you could have made when you could have gotten like a younger guy like Garland or Reinhardt, who are both 25, mm-hmm. right? And see, restricted yeah. creations. I got a little different opinion on that, so. I, for one, don't think there's any way that the Kings should be giving up any first-round picks for him or any of their top-tier prospects. If you want to put together a, a package with, you know, second to fourth-round picks and some middle-tier prospects, fine. You know, obviously the Kings – see, here's the thing. The Blues, if they trade with the Kings, will not have to retain any salary because so we can fit them in under the cap, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas if they're, going, if they're going to trade him to a contender, they might have to eat some of that salary. Because there's just no way these other teams are going to get under the cap. And me, honestly, I wouldn't care about the contract extension right now. Because here's the thing. The Kings can fit Tarasenko in now because the the kids are all on their ELCs. What's going to happen in two or three years when these kids are starting to come off their ELCs? And let's say some of them strike gold. And now you got to pay them. And now you're going to turn around and give Vladimir Tarasenko another big contract and say that shoulder starts acting back up. Then what? Right? True. for me, I mean, if you're going to get him at the right price, fine, and see what he can do for two years. If it all works out, great. Because, again, there is absolutely no guarantee that any prospect is going to pan out to be a first-line center or a first-line player in the NHL. It just doesn't work that way. Percentages are high, yes, but there's no guarantees. It's all- yeah, like I guess I just I don't think he's worth, you know. I mean, if he was healthy, of course. 
you know, and mm-hmm. didn't have the shoulder surgeries. That's an entirely different story. But yeah, the, I mean, that article also noted that the Blues are probably going to have to eat some of his salary to make a deal work, which is intriguing to me. But like you said, Scott, they can fit his contract in. And maybe they don't have to give up as much if they take on all of it. Right. So. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't this seem like something Vegas would be able to figure out to do? I mean, yeah. getting Tarasenko on a one-year deal at a risk, maybe they give him like the Nikita Kucherov treatment where they just leave him on LTIR <laughs> for most of the year and just squeeze him <laughs> under the deal. But I mean, there's another thing, another um, trade destination I, I thought about that was pretty interesting was uh, sending him off to Calgary for Kachuk and bringing Kachuk home to St. Louis. I was like, man, yeah, that's, I that saw that. Ton, that makes a ton of sense. You'd have wow. to send more the other way, a lot more to Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kachuk is way more valuable, but um, I mean, yeah, that, that makes a little bit of sense. Uh, but I, I like I like the players that you keep mentioning, Scott, at Con- Connor Garland. That, I mean, if we're going to maybe bring in another forward, which that seems to be the, the way the Kings are going, I mean, if you compare him with Trevor Moore, the way they played together in uh, Lafayette for the World Championships, they looked, they looked great together. That chemistry yep. was fluid. So bring him in and give up what you need yeah. to. He's, he's a great player. Well, he's That's already well. a proven 20-goal scorer at the NHL level, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Might as well acquire Jason uh-huh. Robertson too while we're at it. Get that one <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just bring that whole line. <laughs> uh, just to close it out too, I heard an interesting rumor today that uh, Vegas was apparently, since you mentioned them, uh, asking about Jack Eichel. I saw that. So oh, I don't know I'm, how I'm sure all thirty-two teams are. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they could possibly even make that work, but who knows? I mean, it's a uh, a magician's act at best. So that's that's really interesting. I don't believe he's had the surgery yet. So I mean, teams could not potentially not be able to use him until like December or January. You know, what if you're a contender um, that needs a guy like that? Yeah, true. true. You can acquire him, but he's got his ten million dollar cap hit. And if you're going to LTIR him, that doesn't go into effect until the season starts. So you still have to be compliant when the season starts. That's the trick. Yeah, I guess you you can make the argument, you know, a contender should have enough supporting pieces to carry you to December and January. But if you get off to a, a horrific start, you know, that can really kind of derail any, your plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. <clears throat> but I'll tell you, I'll talk about a team that needs some center help to be Vegas. It'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. they do. Yeah, they uh, um, was Chandler Stevens or was uh, their 1C for the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, so uh, I, I don't know. I guess, uh, you know, Wild Bill just really wasn't a 43-goal scorer. Who knew? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But anyways, uh, <laughs> I think that's all we got for tonight, boys. Uh, it was a, a lot of fun chatting with Mikey Anderson. That was just, again, that was fantastic. We thank him so much for coming on the show. Uh, we love talking about some rumors with you. So hopefully by the next show, we'll have some more trade news, some more rumor news, and just some more overall fun. Yeah, and thank you. Thank you to the Kings for setting that up for us, too. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. for Ryan Sykes, for Russell Morgan, I'm Scott Kinville. Thanks for listening. Go Kings, go. Go Kings, go.